When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, we have a whopping four, count them, four ACC games to preview here in week six. Are you ready, sir? It's an exciting week, Joey. It's the first week in the ACC calendar year here for football where we have a majority of the conference on a bye week, but we do have some entertaining games all the same even though there's only four of them here this weekend in week six. Speaking of entertainment, Mike, are you, uh, are would you say you're into theater? Do you like taking the girlfriend to plays and going to the, the theater place? I wouldn't say I'm into theaters, but I've taken my girlfriend there once or twice. Yes. <laughs> as any good, uh, as anybody good boyfriend would do. Um, is that a metaphor? Yeah, Mike, is that, is that a, you know, a metaphor for something? Who knows? There's a soft episode about that. I don't know, but in any case, uh, this really feels like this is like the intermission at the end of Act One. Um, there's a whole bunch of ACC teams on the bye this week. Um, there's a couple teams coming off of the bye, but basically through five weeks, now we've got a whole bunch of teams getting a week off, and uh, as a result, we get a, a much more limited slate. So there's there's entertainment still here, just like at you know the intermission there would be with you know you got the bar and I mean people go to the bathroom. There's I don't know if that's entertainment itself, but to each their own but you know in any case there there is a little bit still going on here while we uh, prepare for act two which is coming up here next week but for now we do have these games to uh to preview are you ready to just jump in yeah let's jump in let's see what happens here all right let's yeah let's see well so naturally the uh, the place we got to start is 12 30 p.m on the acc network extra as as it were uh the boston college eagles a six point road underdog to the louisville cardinals they are playing this at cardinal stadium no longer Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, RIP Papa John. Um, the this this is a game where Boston College is coming off of a a bit of a tough loss. It was an emotional loss to Wake Forest. What felt like it was a really important game for them at home. Uh, had to get right after a, a bit of a rough stretch against Kansas and Rutgers. They go play a Louisville team that has really been a lot better than thought they would be, and yet at the same time. I don't know if I'm really loving giving a full six points with Louisville here. I think Boston College, at the very least, is more stable and, and more consistent than than Louisville. And I, if I had to trust somebody, I feel like I want to trust the Eagles. Am I am I crazy for thinking that, Mike? I mean, their defense is really, really bad. Like, who's? Whew. Really, really, really bad. Um, Who who's this Boston now, College? Uh, Boston College's defense. Okay, yes. Just now, sure. with that being said, yeah. With that, with that being said, you know, Boston College has still been able to score points. And you know, to Dan Rubin's point, you know, at the you know with the preview for the season for the Eagles, he said the offense is going to have to carry things here. The defense is not as good as it's been in recent years, and that's 
you know, shown itself to be the case. Boston College's defense has not been consistent. They've not been very good, but their offense has been good enough to score points. A.J. Dillon's been pretty good. Anthony Brown has done a little bit of up and down, Joey, but he's a guy who, when at his best, can, you know, provide enough in the passing game to give the Eagles uh, a balanced offensive attack. So six points does feel like a lot. Louisville's in the middle of a rebuild. I do like the Cardinals to win here. I... I like their athletes a little bit more than I like Boston colleges. I like the way Satterfield is coaching this team right now. Louisville is a team that, you know, overall I think has played pretty well. Um, You know, obviously they lost by 11 to uh, Florida state about a week and a half ago. You know, they're coming off of bye week here heading to the BC game, Uh, but their offense has been pretty good. I mean, they've, they scored only 17 points in the opener against Notre Dame, but you know, 42 points in week two against Eastern Kentucky, 38 against Western Kentucky and 24 a couple weeks ago on the road at Florida state. You know, that was a game that Louisville was in position to win and Florida state stormed back towards the end and took the game away from them. And, you know, Louisville's offense has been a bit more consistent than I expected them to be. So I, I'm, a fan of Louisville and what Scott, Scott Satterfield is building there. I like Louisville to win. I'm not sure they cover, though. I think this stays within a touchdown. I think BC is definitely going to have an opportunity to win this football game. But Louisville overall has been more consistent on both sides of the football to date. And I really don't trust Boston College's defense uh, to stop Louisville's offense that has been relatively efficient through four games. So give me the Cardinals to win at home. But I think Boston College will keep it close and be able to cover. It should be a pretty good game. I'm right there with you. We we don't have a lot of confirmation yet on whether Juwan Pass will be back or not for Louisville, but at the very least, I mean, I, I just don't know that Louisville's in a place right now that I can feel good about giving a full six points against a Boston College team that has plenty of potential. Um, ultimately, I think in, in Boston College's interest, if they're trying to keep this game close, it needs to be a lower scoring kind of game. I, I have not seen a lot in the way uh, that would give me a lot of confidence against the, about the Eagles offense so far this year. They've been good in spurts, but in, as far as consistency and, and kind of putting it together for, you know, quarters and games at a time, we have not yet seen it. Um, at the same time though, again, Louisville, we've seen some good stuff, but against who I, you know, I, I don't know. And I, I don't know that I necessarily have that level of consistency that I can have faith in them to, to win this game by a touchdown to the, to the level that I, I, I want to bet them on it. So I'm with you. I think Louisville is the better team. I think they're at home. You know, it's going to help them a lot. Coming off a of bye week helps them a lot as well. Boston College, again, coming off of a, a bit of a rough loss. Eagles, there's some potential for them to start spiraling here. I mean, again, their their last three games, a loss to Kansas, a bad loss to Kansas at home, a, a you know, a, a, a decent win against Rutgers, and then a, a loss at home to Wake Forest. So, I, I don't know. I don't feel like the, the Eagles are in a great spot right now. So I'm with you. I'm going to take Boston College to cover. I think this is a, a closer game, but I just don't think the Eagles are going to be able to get it done on the road uh, in Cardinal Stadium, as it were. So, uh, yeah, give me Louisville outright, but Boston College to, to cover the six. Uh, total here is 60 and a half. You got any feelings on that, Mike? Oh, I like the under there. Um, for as bad as Boston College's defense has been, I don't think there's enough consistency for either offense. I mean, it's the offenses have looked good at times, and they've both looked kind of bad at times. I just think 60 and a half is a lot in a game where we don't really know what we're going to get out of either team on a consistent basis, at least offensively. 
I'm with you. I'm on the under there as well. Um, I, I don't trust either of these offenses to put up that many points. Um, once again, especially knowing that Louisville may or may not have Juwan Pass at this point. Um, I can't, can't trust the Cardinals to, to score that many. And, and ultimately, if it's a Boston College fan looking at this, like the more that Louisville scores, I feel like the, the worse of a spot you're in. So you know, the under if you're going to win a game outright. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm with it. 3.30 on ESPN. Uh, your Virginia Tech Hokies, Mike, a 13.5-point dog on the road in Coral Gables taking on the Hurricanes. Virginia Tech is in, like, approaching spiraling territory, we'll say. Um, it has not been a, a comforting or confidence-inspiring start to the season for your Hokies. Miami coming off of a bye week where, in fairness, it's not been a super confidence-inspiring start to the year for them either. 13 and a half seems like a lot, but then again, like it, I, I don't know how much confidence you have in Virginia tech, like at all at this point in the season. Yeah, not a ton. I think this game opened actually at like eight and a half. So obviously the public is on Miami, <laughs> um, which yeah, it, it's gone yeah. up like almost a full touchdown at this point. Yeah. And because of that, I like Virginia tech to cover. I mean, Vegas set this line at eight and a half for a reason. And I think that there is overreaction to how bad Virginia tech really is right now. I don't think they're in a good place on either side of the football. I I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm, you guys heard me on the recap talk about the state of Virginia tech right now. And I obviously don't like what's going on. I don't think it's, it's good offensively or defensively right now. I don't think there's enough consistency with the coaching staff and, there's a lot of reasons to not really believe in Virginia tech right now, but then you turn around and you look at Miami, they, you know, they lose to North Carolina. They're in a dog fight with central Michigan. I, you know, they were about a four touchdown favorite in that football game. They only end up winning 17 to 12 or whatever it was like Miami hasn't exactly looked all that awe inspiring either. I think Jaron Williams has been pretty good, which is ironic because we talked about Miami and we said in the preseason, if the hurricanes found a quarterback, we thought we'd feel pretty good about where they were at as a team holistically, but quarterback's been the least of their concerns. The offensive line hasn't been very good. The defensive line really hasn't been as good as expected. And for as good as that defense is as a whole, they haven't been able to produce a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And it's been a situation where, you know, teams aren't really afraid to play Miami right now. And they haven't had the consistency in the running game that they want either. If you flip back to the offensive side of the football, I I like Virginia Tech to cover here, Joey. I do think Miami wins the game at home. I do think they're more talented. I think they're in a better place as a program right now overall. So I will take the Hurricanes to win, but I do think Virginia Tech has an opportunity to cover 13 and a half. And it's something I've kind of flip-flopped back and forth on a little bit. But as I get a little bit further away from the Duke game and kind of take a a step back and take a look at where Virginia Tech is at as a program. While it hasn't looked good, I do think the Hokies can cover two touchdowns against a Miami team that hasn't really looked all that good in their own right. And there's a reason why this line started eight and a half. I think Vegas is going to sucker you in a little bit with this pick. So I'm going to go with the Hokies to cover here and maybe they keep it competitive and pull off an upset that not many people are expecting them to. Yeah, that huge line movement here seems completely inappropriate in a lot of ways. Uh, I... I'm with you. I, I think Virginia Tech is able to keep this thing, you know, somewhat close, maybe the edge of four, you know, that eight to 10 point range. Um, and, and that's good enough to cover. I think Miami's the better team, but Miami's had their own problems. Um, and, and offensively, in particular, I think that Bud Foster is, you know, <laughs> let's put it this way. I don't care what you think of Bud Foster at this point. He's still plenty good enough to scheme Virginia Tech's defense to absolutely abuse Miami's offensive line right now. Um, 
Jaron Williams is capable of what he is, and he's been pretty good so far this year. And there's there's good things to be said there, but like I don't trust Miami to get a full two scores of separate here in, in a lot of ways. So I I think this is going to be a relatively low scoring kind of affair. I, I'm thinking I, I think Miami wins the game, let's say 24-16, something like that. I mean, it's you know within that 13 and a half by far, but I, I do think that Miami still wins the game outright. I, I don't trust the Hokies whatsoever on the road and get a win, especially against a conference opponent and one that they'll be out talented against. Um, I have real questions about Miami at this point and all that. And and we're going to talk about them. I think next week is when they play Virginia, which is a completely different discussion in my mind. But for now, I, I, I do not like this spot for the Hokies necessarily, but I like it more than 13 and a half. I think that line movement has been a little bit too drastic and probably like you said, an, an overreaction to a really rough Friday night against Duke last week. So um, give me Virginia Tech and the points, but I, I think ultimately what I really like in this game, Mike, the totals at forty-seven. Give me the under. Give me the under. I don't. I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of points scored either way. I, I think Virginia Tech's defense has had the issues they've had, but they'll still be decent enough. And especially with as bad as Miami's offensive line has been, like I think this is a lower scoring game. That, that's what I feel the best about for sure. Yeah, I'm on the under here as well. I don't have enough. Co- I mean, look, Miami only pulled 17 points against Central Michigan, right? Like Virginia Tech's been bad, but Virginia Tech's better than Central Michigan um, defensively, anyway. And I, 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 it's got to go under. I just don't know how you make an argument to the contrary at this point, given what the two offenses are. I feel like this might actually qualify, Mike, for our uh, hashtag Cover Your Eyes Game of the Week. This could be kind of, ugly. This might be a real rough watch from either end. So keep yeah, that in mind. Could be pretty ugly. Yeah, careful. Uh that's all I got, Mike. You ready to move on? Yes, sir. I don't know if I'm ready to move on. Because the next one we got is I don't know how much I want to talk about it. Okay. Well, we have to. Georgia Tech's at home, Joey. <sighs> Fine. Four o'clock on the ACC network. The North Carolina Tar Heels are a 10.5 point road favorite in Atlanta against my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, who, uh, when's the last time they scored a touchdown against FBS competition? I think it's been close to a month now. Um, Is a safety count as a touchdown? No. No, that's only two points. Touchdowns are worth six in this game, so... uh, So, here's the thing, is, is that we talked about in the recap, Mike, that if you look at the remainder of Georgia Tech's home schedule, like there is reason to believe that if one or two things kind of get figured out and start to click, there's hope there. I mean, there's four games that they play against teams that have major questions outstanding right now. The biggest question I think right now that that affects North Carolina is you're coming off of a game against Clemson where you really absolutely shot your shot and almost had it done. And now, You've dealing, you're dealing with this emotional letdown. you got to pick yourself up off the deck and now go on the road to a team that you know you're going to beat. I mean, there, there's potential there. Again, if Georgia Tech can figure a couple things out on offense and all this stuff. Here's the problem, though. We talked about this a little bit before we came on and recorded, but, Mike, at this point, I'll be honest. I'm not really convinced that Georgia Tech is really trying to win games this year. We have found out this week that starting center Kenny Cooper and starting number one wide receiver Jalen Camp are both out for the year. They're going to be getting surgery. Uh, they'll be coming back next year as redshirt seniors. And Mike, it just it's striking to me that this happens and comes out around the time that this four-game redshirt window is happening as well. So 
you know, at some point, yeah, maybe maybe that is legit. Maybe both of these guys really badly need the surgeries right now, and and it's just convenient the way it worked out. But I'm not convinced. I've got a lot of real questions. If Tech is really trying all that hard this year, so I I have a hard time. But I mean, ten and a half points here against North Carolina. I mean, as good as they've been at times. I guess let's just take UNC to cover. I, as much as my heart wants Georgia Tech to cover here, it just seems I, I can't come up with enough reasons they will, other than UNC's in a major letdown spot here. Um, Tech's defense is good enough. I think that they'll they'll keep this relatively low scoring. And I think if we talk about Clemson, anything, we'll get back to that here next week after a real close call against UNC. I'm in a place where I think it's Georgia Tech minus or Georgia Tech under anything. Um, so give me the under in this game for certain. And in fact, I think that's my pick of the week right there. Uh, Georgia Tech under the 48 and a half in this game, but I guess let's just take UNC to cover. That's all I got. I don't know. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, I said UNC, you know, with UNC, I wasn't sure, like, how good they actually were, just given their, you know, litany of games so far and, you know, the games that they've won, the games that they've lost. I really wasn't all that sure. Um, you know, you you beat South Carolina, you beat North Carolina out of the gate, you lose to Wake and App State, but then you take Clemson to the brink last weekend at, uh, at home. And, you know, it's one of those situations where now I'm thinking, well, UNC has beaten the teams they should beat. And, they're losing the games that they should, right? And you're going into this Georgia Tech game, and Joey, the Georgia Tech ability to throw the forward pass is fleeting at best. Um, it's been pretty horrific. They scored two points against Temple last weekend. I just I don't think Georgia Tech scores enough in this game to cover the 10.5-point spread. And to be honest with you, Joey, I'm not sure Georgia Tech scores enough in any game the rest of the way to cover the spread. They're likely going to be underdogs in almost every single game they play here the rest of the way, and I think it's rightfully so. I'm taking UNC to cover 10.5. My only explanation, and you brought this up a moment ago, the only way you can talk yourself into Georgia Tech covering is because UNC is in a letdown spot after how well they played against Clemson and coming up just short. Does that emotionally drain the players or anything like that? I, you know, I don't know, but I think North Carolina is more talented. I think they're more consistent on offense. And I think UNC's in, or uh, Georgia Tech's inability to move the football right now, really in any sort of capacity, is the story. And for as well as the defense could end up playing against North Carolina's offense, I just I don't trust the Georgia Tech offense at all to score enough points to cover ten and a half against UNC. So. I'm taking UNC to cover here with some confidence, by the way. And I also like this game to go under 48 and a half. I, you know, Georgia Tech's defense has been good enough. I think North Carolina's defense is improving every week. So I'm with that. I think UNC wins and covers. And I'm taking the over. Under. under sorry. Yeah. Under. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have such issues with what Georgia Tech is doing on offense right now. And, and continue saying, I've said this on so many episodes so far this season, the defense looks just fine. Georgia Tech's defense is, is perfectly fine. They had a really rough game against the Citadel, but 
that feels like in a lot of ways that's going to be an outlier. Like they've looked good in a lot of ways for, uh, and so I, I don't have any issues with that. It's just I don't think that this offense can put points on the board with any level of regularity. So I, I just I, I don't like where this is going at all. I don't see it getting a whole lot better. You're you're correct, and and I don't think there's a lot of good reason to pick them to cover a spread the rest of the year unless something really drastically changes on offense. Um, now, and to be fair, I mean. We haven't. We didn't see Lucas Johnson last week. He's hurt. Uh, Tobias Oliver seemed like he ceded the quote unquote starter job to James Graham part of the way through that Temple game, and Graham has shown probably the most spark of the three quarterbacks that have played this year. So, you know, again, I can kind of noodle my way, talking my way into thinking Tech has something or anything going on offense, but my gosh, um, it, it has been such a mess in so many ways. So just. UNC in the under, I think we're both in a, a stark agreement there. All right. Last game, Mike, eight o'clock on the ACC network extra the nightcap. Pittsburgh is a five point dog in Durham against the Duke blue devils. Yep. Pitt coming off of a rough game where they nearly blew it to Delaware a week after they beat UCF in, in the first regular season game that UCF has lost in like three years. Duke coming off of a huge blowout win over Virginia Tech. This is still a relatively low spread. Um, are, are we certain, certain that Duke is a better team than Pittsburgh? I'm not. I mean, we talked about the public overreacting to Virginia Tech. I think the public's overreacting a little bit here to Duke at home. You know, Duke's defense has been uh, kind of inconsistent. I mean, you look at, you know, for as well as the offense has played, the defense hasn't really been all that tested yet. Um, I, I thought the rushing defense, actually, though, if, if we think back to the Alabama game, looked pretty good. Uh, but, look, I like Pittsburgh's defense a lot. I like Pittsburgh's offense a lot. And when you think of who Duke has played so far, they obviously get blown out by Alabama in the opener. They beat Mill, Tennessee State, NCA, and T. They beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg, which is – you know, it's a good road win, even though Virginia Tech is not very good this year. But, you know, you look at what Pittsburgh's done, you know, they lose to UCF, or I'm sorry, they lose to UVA in the opener. They lose a close game to Penn State. They come back and, you know, they beat Delaware. They beat UCF at home. This is a pit team that, you know, offensively, I think brings a lot to the table. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett continues to get better, assuming that he plays in this game and not Nick Patty. I, I might lean Pittsburgh out right here, just given how the running game has improved here the last few weeks. And given how Kenny Pickett has looked since that season opening loss to UVA, I, I think Pittsburgh's been pretty solid. So uh, give me the Panthers to cover. I think if Kenny Pickett plays, there's a good chance they could win outright. But my pick of the week, Joey, is going to be Pittsburgh plus five on the road here against Duke, Duke in a little bit of a letdown spot, feeling really good about themselves after they, after what they did to Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. And, you know, we talk about the over-unders here with all these other games. The over-under is at 48. I still like the under in this football game, but if you were to pick one game to go over the spread this weekend, I, I think it would be this Pittsburgh-Duke game. This is the one game that could definitely go over that total of 48. Uh, but I'm still going to take the under, which makes it four games, all four games this weekend, Joey, where I've taken the under here uh, in ACC play. This really does feel like a weekend full of unders uh, that are the right plays. Um, just 
teams that these offenses are really not gelling right now. I mean, a lot of the teams that you would think could put up some points, Florida State, Clemson, et cetera, they're just not playing this weekend. Um, this feels like a lot more defensive battles and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, there, there is still, as we record here on Wednesday evening, there is not a lot of a definitive answer on whether or not Kenny Pickett is playing. And that does feel like that is a really significant piece of this whole puzzle as we look at this game because, you know, he didn't play last week and you saw Pitt's offense really, really struggle to, to manage 17 points against Delaware, right? And so that's that's the thing that I think plays a huge role in this. Um, gosh, I don't know. And that's, that's the thing. I, I want to take Pitt to cover here and maybe even win the game outright, but it does feel a little bit dangerous not knowing whether or not Kenny Pickett's going to play. Um, let's take Pitt to cover five, but take Duke close, uh, maybe a three, four point win, something like that for the Blue Devils. Um, a bit of a, you know, coming back down to earth after a, a big celebratory win kind of over, over Virginia Tech last Friday night. So let's take Pitt to cover. Uh, I'm with you. I really like the under here. That's four straight unders that I prefer. Um, so I, I think we're in agreement here yet again, um, four games, four agreements. So Pitt and the under, I think is the right play here. Short week. And we like the lines, Joey, which means what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Mike? nothing, nothing at all. Yeah. Um, the good news here is that I can't possibly lose any ground to you in the season picks, uh, Right for what it's worth, you are twenty-one, nineteen, and one. I am seventeen, twenty-three, and one. Um, however, I still have you on picks of the week. I'm three and two. You're two, two, and one. So uh, that's worth noting here. But I, you know, that's all I got there. Uh, Mike, I lied. We have one more game. You want to talk oh, about? Yeah, one more we game? do. Yeah, we do. Scott Leffler, Brian Van Gorder, and the boys, Bowling Green State. They're rolling up to South Bend. They are getting 45 and a half points, Mike. 45 and a half. Oh, yeah. You want those 45 and a half as they take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, or you uh, you think Notre Dame covers 45 and a half at home? Riding with ND, Brian Van Gorder's return to South Bend. Give me the Irish to win and cover. They looked very good against UVA last weekend, two weeks ago. I thought they played pretty well on the road against Georgia. I think Notre Dame is an ascending team right now. Offense seems to be starting to click on all cylinders. I think Ian Book is is due for a big day through the air. He hasn't really had one of those yet. I think he gets it on Saturday against Bowling Green. I think Brian Kelly is going to be willing to run up the score here on the Falcons. So give me Notre Dame to win and cover. And Joey, do you have the over-under total in that game? Uh, it's 61. I'm going to go over because I think Virginia, I think uh, Notre Dame can score in the fit. I've been talking about Virginia Tech all day. I have them on my mind. I think Notre Dame can score in in the fifties or close to it on their own. I think Bowling Green can put a couple touchdowns on the board. I like that game to go over, Joey. I really like the over as well there. And that's, that's the principle is that if you think that one team could score almost all, if not all of those, I mean, Notre Dame could pitch a shutout and this game might go over. So uh, give me the over for sure. Mike, I'm running with the Falcons here. Oh. There's not a lot of not a lot of opportunities that I get to catch 45 and a half. But I, I mean, hell, if Notre Dame wins this game 52 to 14 or whatever, I mean, I'm I'm in cover town, baby. So uh, let, let's let's ride with the Falcons. I think they're going to manage away. You know, 
Van Gorder seeing his old team. How could that possibly go wrong? I don't know. That's all I got. Uh, yeah, let's go Bowling Green. But more importantly, as you said, let's let's go with the over there. Oh, yeah. Over for sure. So. All right. Uh, I think that's all I've got on week six here, Mike. That's that's it. There's four ACC games and a Bowling Green game, and that's that's it. Uh, anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, not at all. You know, a little bit of a shorter preview, but there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Like we said, it's the intermission. Yep. Still a little bit of entertainment in the intermission, but that's it. That's that's all there is. So short week. Um, I am uh, going to be back from the road game, and we'll uh, recap these games when I am. Um, I have actually, I've got horrible news for you, Mike. Um, when I get back from this road game here, I'm going to be enduring the uh, emotional experience that it is to watch my Atlanta Falcons play the Houston Texans in Houston. Oh boy. So if we come back and recap these games on Sunday evening, just know I might be in an emotionally fragile state. Just put it that way. The emotional boycott is off. You're going to see a Falcons game in person. This will literally be by far the most of any Falcons game I've seen in like over a year. Uh, Wow. That's not a joke, by the way, I, I, have barely watched the Falcons in so long and looking at the results so far this year, I don't know why I'm stopping now with what I've been doing, but fair enough. Hasn't looked great. You only get so many opportunities to see your, uh, your team and your home city when those are in different places here. So we're going to do that. And uh, I'll report back after that. And we'll, uh, we'll recap these games too. Yep. That sounds good. All right. Well, until then, Mike, they can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us your comments, questions, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you, and please do that. We, we really enjoyed the mailbag episode we did here a week ago or so. So as you send those in, they might not get answered you know, within a couple of days, but we'll certainly start aggregating them and make sure that we uh, answer them here in the next mailbag episode that we do. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app. And most importantly, they can find us on Anchor. Um, go find us there. We uh, we really appreciate what the Anchor platform has been doing for us. And Mike, you want to tell us where they can find us on the social medias? Yep. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. All of them. Each and every one. Yep. Uh, go find us there. Rate, review, subscribe, parlay, reverse teaser all that yeah double up that's right uh mike that's all i got anything else before we get out of here i think we're good man let's see how this week turns out in the acc it could be interesting here in week six podcast motto what could possibly go wrong oh plenty will go wrong we just don't know where (laughs) what could possibly go wrong we are both on bc virginia tech north carolina Pitt, and the unders in all of those games so uh if you believe in us, do that. If you want to fade us, do the other thing. If you believe in us, it's going to be a big weekend for you because I'm I'm on a serious heater, Joey. Well, you need to teach me your ways here because I am still not on a heater, decidedly. So we'll, we'll, we'll recap that, I guess, when we get back to these games as well. Yep. All right. Uh, Mike, you want to come back and recap these games? Oh, yeah, I do. All right. We will talk then. Until next time. For Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC.